The mom life is so much more fun and meaningful when we share the journey with a friend. For the next couple of weeks, you and I have the pleasure of visiting with my dear friend, Tiffany Deschner. You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Tiffany is married to Josh, and they have three adorable daughters in elementary down to an infant. I just knew in my heart that you all needed to meet Tiffany, partly because she's a joy giver and we all need some of her joy, but also because she is a wonderful example of living the mom life with intentionality. You'll hear her say that she isn't a perfect mom, but is growing and leaning in to God's lessons in her life. Another reason I wanted you to meet Tiffany is because she is on my leadership team for the Practically Speaking Mom podcast and ministry. She has provided prayer, encouragement, feedback. She's spread the word about the podcast, and she helps out on our Intentional Mom Strong Family Facebook group. I have been so thankful for her. Hey, I should mention, we also are now on MeWe. So if you want a new location, a new social media site instead of Facebook, then there is your option. Our group is there, Intentional Mom Strong Family, and I'm there as well, Val Harrison. Let's jump in right now with part one with Tiffany Deschner. So why don't you tell us, let's just start out with Practically Speaking Mom podcast or blog. What has been some of the things that you've implemented or that's been impactful or meant something to you? Well, really the idea of root parenting and taking a break before you react and choosing to think before you respond. I feel like in my earlier years of parenting, I was extremely reactive and I recognize that but those were seeds that were planted in my girls, my older girls. So I feel like I'm now parenting that out of them a lot of the times. So I feel like it's even more important for me to stop and slow down and respond rather than react, especially knowing that how they are reacting is usually a result of (laughs) how I used to react to them. So I know specifically with my seven-year-old's really emotional. So all of her emotions come out usually in crying. And then my second is more high spirited. So uh, usually her, all of her emotions come out in some sadness, hurt, anger, all of, or embarrassed, all of it usually comes out in a more angry way. (laughs) So (laughs) especially with her, I've seen over the last couple of years, I felt God's kind of changed my parenting from, well, actually my relationship with God has changed. I've, I've chosen to lean into what he's showing me and go deeper into my relationship with God. And um, I feel like he has kind of brought some of this to light as to applying my relationship with God to also my parenting. The last couple of years, I've kind of, God's transformed my motherhood. And um, I actually came across a quote that um, was in a devotional that I read every day. And it says, just as God is using us as moms to shape our children, God is using our children and motherhood to shape us. The way to becoming a better mom starts not with what we are doing, but with who God is inviting us to become. And I feel like over the last couple of years, I've really leaned into that. And um, I feel like in my first few years of parenting, it, it was more about my girls representing me well, 
you know, mm. in public, you want your kids to represent you well, but, and they always have, um, they're great girls, but I've realized that that is not what it's about, that God is inviting me to become who I am through motherhood. And I'm, I haven't arrived. I'm constantly everyday changing. And, um, so I've just kind of leaned into what he's trying to teach me through motherhood and life. Um, but being a stay at home mom, motherhood is my, the focus of my life right now. Another uh, passage, um, that came to me is Deuteronomy eight, two through verses two through three. And, um, just to paraphrase it is that God will humble and test you to know what is in your heart. And over the last couple of years, I feel like God has been showing me what has been in my heart and it, it hasn't been great (laughs) over the first few years of my motherhood. And I feel like, you know, I've made some mistakes, but coming back to my girls and, taking responsibility for where you mess up and asking for forgiveness and helping them to realize that I'm not perfect and they're not perfect. And we just need to take responsibility for our mistakes and move on um, and do the best we possibly can, but make things right with each other along the way. So um, your idea of root parenting and mercy seat parenting too, just has helped me to put words to the journey. I feel like God has led me on and has really helped me, slow down and be intentional with what I say and how I say it and really getting to the heart of the issue to where we can work on the root of the problem and not just surface parent. First of all, you read a quote. What was that book? I should have brought it with me. It's The Better Mom by Ruth Schwink. Okay. Well, so one thing you talked about, you've said a couple of times is lean in, leaning into God in the situation. I love that concept. It's something that I, I mean, I'm way older than you. And I feel like I've just learned that in the last few years, even the value of instead of emotionally and in my spirit resisting what is going on in my life, instead leaning into God, what are you showing me? What are you doing here? Where are you at work in this? How can I join you in your work? that concept of leaning in is so great. You also talked about for the first few years of parenthood, and I love that you identified this, okay, that you would almost see them as they are representing you, Mm -hmm. and which is totally true. And I think that's a hard lesson that we moms have to learn that they're not always going to represent us well. And even if they represent us perfectly, it's just the wrong marker for what we should be doing and what we should be about. It's so easy to fall into that because we're on, on trial. We feel like, you know, the world is watching how we're doing. Our parents are watching. Grandparents are watching. Neighbors are watching. Everybody's watching how we're doing and they're evaluating. Our world is not good at (laughs) passing judgment on everyone else. And so it puts all this pressure on us as moms. Do you feel a lot of pressure to perform well in in your parenthood? Um, I think it's hard not to feel that pressure, but that's also why it's so important for moms, especially um, with little ones. And this was something I think was a big deal for when my older two were younger is I was a stay at home mom, but I was a work from home mom. I did home daycare. And so I was pretty isolated 
And just in this, in that season of life, I wasn't going to a job, but I also didn't have the freedom to go attend mops or go to Bible study and things like that. So, um, I know in those first few years, it was super isolating and we moved, um, we moved to Texas and I was able to not have to do home daycare anymore. We were, had the freedom that I could become a full-time stay-at-home mom. And so I did get to get out with my girls and I joined a mops group and it was like a turning point in my motherhood to realize that what I was feeling was normal. You know, kids are not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I think it's so important for moms to connect with other moms, especially in those little stages when you're just trying to figure it out and you don't know what's going on and you need the support of other moms to to say, Oh yeah, my kids are doing that too. No, you're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is, this is motherhood and um, it can be overwhelming and it can be isolating and it can be frustrating and to acknowledge the hard parts that aren't on the social media newsfeed. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause some mom, you know, you look on that and it's hard to not fall trapped to they're making it look easy. They're doing experiments with their kids and letting their toddler paint and like <laughs> different things that maybe aren't you were. Um, I know I had a friend that was really good at getting messy with their kids. And for me, that was like overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, or like she would take all four of our she had two and I had two and she would take them on. I would go get them and they're making slime or like doing these things. Like, oh, I, I can't imagine doing that with one, but, um, but also recognizing that we each have our own talents and we all parent differently. And I know my group of um, friends, when we lived in Texas, we were all a very different, we were all really different from each other, but you know, we all learned a lot from each other and um, it was really important. And it was when God called us back to Kansas that the leaning in came in for me. I had asked God to make it clear that that was his plan and he did. And so I knew as long as I knew it was his plan, I could go with it. But once we got here, leaning in kind of became my motto. I knew God was showing me something and I needed to lean into that. And the more I resisted, the harder life was going to be. So, um, we've been back here for a year and a half, I think, and it's been a journey, but it's also been a sweet time with God and a turning point in my motherhood. So it's been good. (laughs) I'm glad you brought up mops. You want to tell people what that is in case they don't know. Oh, sure. So MOPS is Mothers of Preschoolers, and it's a group that gets together um, usually a couple times a month and do a Bible study, and there's usually child care provided, so you can do a Bible study. Usually food, fun food is there, and you do a craft and socializing, and it's a really sweet time of fellowship for moms um, where you can have your kids be taken care of um, by trusting adults while you are able to have a little break and have some mom time and just have some fellowship with other moms. Yeah. Moms can get on their website, the MOPS website, and find one in your own area as well, which is awesome. I've spoken at a lot of moms, um, a lot of MOPS groups, and it is encouraging to see that moms have learned to get together and lean on one another because we need to lean into God. But as you said, we need to also find some human sources of encouragement and everything you said is just great. 
So thanks for sharing about that. Now, on the Intentional Mom Strong Family community on Facebook, that's one part of our ministry as well The in the Practically Speaking Mom ministry. So what is encouraging to you about that group? Well, I always love to see the encouragement that, others mom, that other moms post and questions because sometimes questions get asked that I may not need the answer to now, but it's nuggets of wisdom to carry with me for the future. Um, so I really like all of the encouragement that share that is shared on there and um, the ability to ask questions and to get answers and wisdom from other moms that have been there. And it's just a great source of encouragement and a positive place on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, that seems to be too many of the opposite sometimes. But yeah, with the questions, I'm the same way in that sometimes we don't even know what we don't know. And when someone asks a question, we're like, oh, that's a whole area I hadn't even been thinking about that could make a difference. Mm -hmm. So now the way that we have the Practically Speaking Mom Ministry set up is by looking at six different rooms of the Intentional Mom's Home. And we've got the family room which is basically all parenting and siblings and family dynamics relationships. And then the kitchen, which is about health and menu making and groceries and all of that. And then the master suite, which is about marriage, the laundry room, which is about organization, the school room, which is about educational helps and resources and the front porch, which is self care and relationship with God. So of those six categories, what do you feel like, is something that is going well for you in one of those categories right now? Maybe some tips that you could share with moms today. And then also maybe an a area of struggle that we could talk through. Okay. One maybe silly tip, but anybody who knows has spent any time with me, my friends just give me kind of a hard time about this. I set timers for everything. So my girls kind of struggle with transition times. We don't like to see a fun time end. I'm the same way. <laughs> come by that honestly. So I set timers almost just as much for myself sometimes as them. It was especially leaving moths. We have a hard time wrapping it up. So we're usually the ones, the last ones to leave places, especially social outings. So for everything, I set a timer when it's time to go. I usually set, you know, a 10 minute timer and then a two minute timer. So I give them a 10 minute warning and a two minute warning. So we can kind of hopefully minimize the drama on our way out. But (laughs) so that's one just practical tip. Okay. I love timers. They're one of my favorite things (laughs) as mom tools. I used to do this workshop years ago and I would have this box of mom tools that were essential. And there was a timer in that. And it was just like five or 10 items in the box. Every one of my kids would have a timer because I would want each of them keeping track of whatever it was, you know, they get distracted or sometimes they're very unmotivated. And for some reason, a timer just helps motivate. Mm -hmm. So it also, if they really hate what they're doing, they know they only have to do it till that timer goes off, you know? And so five minutes, okay, I can make it five minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm just a big fan of timers. The other thing I was going to mention, um, and I remember I got this from my friend Tyla when we lived in Texas. I watched her do it and I was like, that was amazing. <laughs> so when we first moved, my now seven-year-old was three and a half. 
And we were having these lengthy fit throwing situations. And I watched my friend Tyla say, okay, I'm setting a timer and you can throw your fit. And however long you throw your fit is how long we're going to sit out of the next fun activity we do or kind of apply it to your situation. Um, and I use this all of the time too. So right now it's, we're having some bedtime drama. So with my five-year-old usually, and I'll tell her, okay, I'm going to set a timer and however long you throw this fit is how long you're going to bed early. Cause it's usually kind of a stall technique for bedtime. So usually they don't want that timer to be set. So usually it's pretty short lived this fit. And then, you know, I'm not yelling and screaming and they just have a timer and then that's how long they'll go to bed early the next day. Or if we're on our way to the pool, they'll sit out for the pool for that amount of time. So that's also something that's worked really well. Um, in relation to the timer. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so good. first moved to Corpus, we lived in the middle floor. So it was a three floor apartment complex. We lived in temporary housing until we could get into our house. And so she was throwing these like 30 minute fits. And I was like, this is just not going to work. And I saw her, my friend do that. And I think I had to do that with her a couple of times. And she learned pretty quick that that wasn't the choice we wanted to make. Yeah. You know, I think that would be a fabulous thing to do for moms that aren't sure. Like sometimes moms think that something is out of the child's control, mm -hmm. you know, and that would quickly show the mom whether or not the child could control themselves or not. You know, I just think that's brilliant and I love it. And I can't wait to share that with some other moms that I know. <laughs> so that is awesome. Now, another aspect of that that you're really talking about, two things. One is you are finding some methods to help you, your voice being less of a nag. And I'm sure there's a way better way to say that, but I am always looking for things that reduces my voice from having to be the bad guy. And so you're making the time, in both of those cases, you're making the timer the bad guy more than you. And you're also in that second one, you're putting it in their hands. They are going to be their own bad guy in that situation instead of you, which is really helpful to your relationship. It preserves your relationship. Now, the other key thing in your scenario, which I'm sure you do or it wouldn't work, is you follow through with what you said. For you know, sure. if if you said that this is how many minutes you're going to have to sit out of the pool, then you literally make them sit out of the pool for that length of time or this tool completely doesn't work anymore and they value your words less because you aren't a mom that really follows through. So you really are being a mom who follows through, which is critical in any method like this. Oh, if we didn't follow through, it would be completely ineffective. And sometimes following through isn't the most convenient for us either, <laughs> you know? Yes. My girls share a room. So if one has to go to bed before the other, that's not very convenient. And, but, um, usually now we're kind of to the point that I'm like, okay, I'm setting a timer and they're like, don't set the timer. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so, but sometimes we still need that reminder, but yes, following through is an absolute must. Well, I love those tips. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation so far. We are just getting started next week. 
we are diving into Tiffany's parenting questions. We'll talk about some ways to develop independence in our kids. It begins at a very young age as we equip them with some skills for being less clingy and more capable. Then in the final week with Tiffany, we'll be talking about raising a sensitive kid and a high-spirited child and, and different parenting techniques to use depending on our child's unique design. If you are interested in having Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom, come to your next mom's event, retreat, or parenting seminar, you can email her at val at practicallyspeakingmom.com or go to her website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. Some of her most popular topics are feasting with the father when you feel like a frazzled mama, your love becomes their strength, answering the six questions of your child's heart, wearing all your hats without wearing out, finding focus for your family to be the masterpiece family God intended, when littles are loud, maximizing the moments without drowning in chaos. Or if you'd like to host a marriage event or retreat, Val and I speak on the topic of love becomes strength, answering the six questions of your spouse's heart. Val counts it a blessing to be able to minister to you every week here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for intentional moms to build strong families. Join her again right here next week for more encouragement and hope.